Piccolo, and welcome to a special edition of Speak a Dogcast. My name is David Farb, Animal Behavior Specialist, and I am broadcasting from WOUF Studios in beautiful Palm City, Florida. Thank you once again for tuning in here. Uh, now, like I said, today's going to be a special edition. Normally on the show, I have segments on different training techniques, how to train your dogs in certain uh, environments and certain things. And then, of course, we have our Breed of the Week, our Guest Spot, Listener Q&A, wonderful segments on this show. But today, today we're taking a pause on that to reflect. You know, it's been 20 years since September 11th, 2001, and it's, it's kind of hard to believe that that much time has passed. You know, I was in high school when, when the terrorist attacks happened, and it definitely has an impact, definitely had an impact on myself, uh, being in high school and my mentality and, and growing up, and uh, it obviously had an impact on all of us in this country. And today I just want to kind of reflect on that and talk a little more in depth about, you know, the, 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 the heroes, the heroes of September 11th, and especially those four-legged heroes, yes, but I want to say thank you to all of the heroes, the firefighters, the policemen, paramedics. I have the utmost respect for what you do. So I just want to say thank you. This is, you know, my, it's, it's just a little way that I just want to throw out there some uh, recognition for some of these amazing stories and just my little way of just trying to, you know, say thank you. Thank you for your service and thank you for everything that you do. So, you know, let's get this podcast underway. Now, as we pass the 20th anniversary of September 11th, 2001, I was reflecting upon my own experience and my own memories of that day. Now, without a doubt, I would say there are three things that really stuck with me and remain clear to me. The first thing was that feeling of togetherness that we as a country felt. The second thing, it's the images of Ground Zero, the countless number of emergency responders that went above and beyond the call of duty that day. And the third, seeing the pictures and hearing the stories of the dog heroes from that day. So on September 11th, 2001, I was a sophomore in high school, I was 15 years old, and I was sitting in English class taking a test. That was just a few minutes before 9 a.m. and a student from another class came in and told us that we had to turn on the TV because something was happening in New York City at the World Trade Center. Now, I will never forget the silence and the cold shock on everybody's faces in that classroom. Some people started crying, but everyone, I think, was really just perplexed at what we were seeing. Then we watched in horror as the second plane hit. We thought... We must be watching a replay of the first plane. This, this can't be real. The days that followed, we learned more about what took place. And, you know, after that tragedy and after that horrible, horrible event, we saw this country come together like we have not in a very, very long time. And then we saw the firefighters, the paramedics, the police officers, and more spring into action and do what they do best. They don't walk they run into the face of danger to save anybody that they could. And of course, by their side, they were their amazing canine companions, colleagues, and heroes. And what's incredible to me is, after all this time, I still hear news stories about all the courageous dogs and people on that day, even after 20 years. news stories that you've never heard before. So, I just wanted to share some of these amazing stories with you today because these dogs, these people, they deserve the highest honor and respect for what they did, for the countless sacrifices, continued sacrifices, and the ultimate sacrifice that was paid. 
Now, it's estimated that there were roughly 250 to 300 dogs that took part in the search and rescue efforts at Ground Zero. Now, search and rescue is oftentimes abbreviated to SAR, S-A-R, search and rescue, and that's what many of these dogs were trained to do. Now, Riley is probably one of the most iconic dogs from the 9-11 rescue effort. You guys have definitely seen a picture. Riley was a golden retriever, and he was that dog that was being transported high above the debris via cable line. Now, stoically, he laid calmly to arrive at his next mission. Riley was originally trained to recover living people, though he did help to recover several bodies of firefighters. Kobe and Guinness, they were two labs who searched tirelessly through the rubble, working 12-hour shifts for 11 days straight. Thunder and his handler, Kent Olson, they traveled all the way from Lakewood, Washington to help in the rescue efforts. Now, Thunder had been trained to sniff out survivors of avalanches and possible drownings, but he'd never been part of a rescue effort on this scale or this far away from his home. Another incredible four-legged hero was Tracker. Tracker was a German shepherd. He found the last survivor of the collapse. The woman who had been buried underneath the rubble, she'd been there for 27 hours before being found. Now, before Tracker died in 2009, a sample of his DNA was taken and entered into a cloning contest and was later chosen for use. So in June of that year, five cloned Trackers were born. Another amazing dog, a yellow lab named Sirius. Sirius was the only known canine to die in the attacks. Sirius was in the basement below the South Tower with his handler, Port Authority Police Department Lieutenant David Lim, when he felt a violent rumble and the building shook. Now, Lim secured Sirius in his kennel, went to assist the injured, and said, I'll be back for you. Sirius's remains were later recovered in the winter of 2002 and ceremoniously removed from Ground Zero with a full honor guard. The smallest dog working search and rescue at Ground Zero was Ricky. Ricky was a rat terrier, and he stood at just 17 inches tall. Now, his small stature allowed him to squeeze into places that no other dog could. He and his trainer searched the ruins for 10 straight days. You know, there's countless, countless numbers of these stories of these search and rescue dogs going in. Now, one interesting thing about the search and rescue dogs um, is, you know, a lot of these search and rescue dogs, they, they were trained in uh, to find living survivors and not deceased people. And so as the days went on in the search and rescue efforts and they found less and less survivors, these dogs actually became very discouraged, depressed. It started making them anxious. They weren't able to focus on their task at hand because they weren't finding survivors. So the trainers, they had other people lay in the rubble and they let the dogs go find these other people to encourage them, to build their confidence back and to be able to reinforce that behavior to keep them going and keep those dogs happy for fulfilling their work and their job. So just amazing, amazing stuff going on, you know, and it's not only search and rescue dogs, guys. I found another amazing story. Uh, this was a really interesting story about two guide dogs. They just happened to be at the World Trade Center that day. Salty was a yellow lab. Uh, he was the first dog. And Salty was born in 1996. He was trained by Guiding Eyes for the Blind. And of course, his training included teaching or helping his owner get on and off the subway, getting him used to the traffic and the noises of the city. Uh, and his owner was Omar Rivera. Now, he worked for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey as a senior systems designer. Now, on the morning of September 11th, 2001, Salty and Rivera were in their office at the World Trade Center on the 71st floor of Tower One. Salty was sitting beside Rivera's desk when they heard a loud boom, and of course, the whole building began to shake. 
Rivera grabbed Salty's lead, and Salty navigated him around people, debris, and down the crowded stairwell. Now, about halfway down, a co-worker was trying to separate Salty from the owner to help guide both of them to safety, but Salty didn't want to leave his side, even in all the chaos. Now, another uh, story similar to Salty's is Roselle. She was another guide dog. She was with her owner, Michael Hingson. Now, he was, she was asleep underneath his desk when the attack, hap- the attack happened, and he was on the 78th floor of Tower 1. He called his wife, Karen, and made sure his staff was evacuated. Then, after making sure everybody was out, him and his dog began descending the tower in the stairs. While everyone ran in panic, she remained totally focused on her job, Hinkson later said. Debris was falling around us, hitting us, but Roselle stayed calm. She led Hinkson through smoke, debris, fleeing workers until they reached a subway entrance where they helped another woman who had been blinded by falling debris. After the attacks, both service dogs were awarded the Dickin Medals for remaining loyal, uh, loyally at the side of their blind owners, courageously leading them down more than 70 floors of the World Trade Center into a place of safety following the terrorist attack on New York on September 11, 2001. Now, another interesting aspect of the aftermath of September 11th, considering the effect it might have had on the dogs. We know the effect that it's had on people's health, people's mental health, well-being, physicality, and the dogs we were concerned about as well, of course. Now, there was an interesting study done back in 2011, and actually it was done over the course of years, and it was published in 2011, and basically they wanted to know what effect, what effect search and rescue has on a dog's well-being. And absolutely fascinating, while a lot of the dogs definitely had issues during the search and rescue with anxiety or uh, minor cuts, minor bruises, and interestingly, only one dog actually have to, had to have any kind of surgical procedure from being injured on the job on that day, or on, on the days after, uh, and it was one dog that just had to have some minor stitches, so that's amazing uh, unto itself. But they did a study on these dogs afterward, and incredibly Incredibly, the vast majority of these dogs were well-adjusted and showed no signs of anxiety and no issues after the biggest mission in their life. It's incredible what dogs are capable of, isn't it? Absolutely amazing. So just incredible stories, guys. Incredible acts of bravery, courage. And we all need to remember, you need to remember these first responders and what they do. The amazing work they go out there and do every day. When they walk into work, they don't know. They don't know what the day has for them and, you know, has in store for them. You know, for the most part, I'm, I'm very lucky. I get to work with dogs and most of the time it's, it's, it's nice and I get to enjoy my clients and enjoy the dogs and go home and that's my normal day and I don't have to worry about not coming home at night. But all of those people do. So remember that. I personally have the utmost respect for our police officers, our firefighters, our paramedics, any first responder, any hero. And I believe everyone should too. September 11, 2001 was a day that reshaped this country, that reshaped our mentality of the way we live. But I hope we can all see the positive, the happiness, the goodness that came out of humanity. We can learn from these animals and we can be better people from this experience. So I salute the heroes. And I thank them for their service, whether they be military, police, firefighters, or paramedics. I am grateful for all the work you do. Thank you. 
that's going to wrap up the podcast today. Thank you guys so much for listening in. And of course, a very special thank you to all of our first responders out there. I appreciate all the work you do, and I'm grateful that you help protect us and keep our country safe. Everybody have a wonderful week. Don't forget, get out there and walk your dog.